Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast that is maybe definitely not not cursed. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome to episode 13. That's right, we're on the bad luck curse number episode now. Allegedly, some people say that 13 is an unlucky number, some people say it's a lucky number, so I don't know how that all actually pans out, but it doesn't really matter too much, I don't think. I don't know why 13 is supposed to be so unlucky either. Maybe it's because it comes right after 12, and 12 is the perfect number because it's divisible by everything. Literally, you can divide 12 by what? 2, 4, 3, 6, green, rocks, you know, it's just, just magic. But 13 is just goddamn useless, doesn't do anything. Maybe that's it, maybe not, I don't know. This this isn't a numbers podcast, this is a folklore podcast, so we're gonna do folklore. This episode, we're gonna continue with the themes of luck and unluck, we're gonna have a Chinese folk story, but first, we've got our monster of the week. This episode, the monster of the week isn't actually some supernatural creature, but it's normal actual animals who get wrongly blamed for being signs of bad luck, or omens of death, or whatever else people accuse them of. Which is normally false accusations, because most animals aren't evil. Most of them. But let's get started with that. So first up, there's the obvious one. Uh, black cats are blamed as bad luck things. Like, if a black cat ca- crosses your path, you're, you're done so. You're screwed. Again, like the number 13, this isn't a universal thing. Some cultures consider black cats to be good luck instead of bad luck. So I guess it just goes to show. And that happens for a lot of these animals. For example, some people consider owls to be a sign of ill omens, or an omen of death. If you see an owl at night, then you're donezo. But other people, like the Greeks, see owls as symbols of wisdom and knowledge. So there's no real consensus on things like that. Probably the most universally agreed on one is the Ai, which is native to Madagascar. If you don't know what it is, uh, look it up on the internet. It's A-Y-E, A-Y-E space in the middle there, and the local people of Madagascar thought that those were very bad luck omens to see one, and if you see the picture of them, you can see why, because holy shit, those things are creepy. And of course, they're not actually evil, and they are endangered, so it should be nice to them, but they're still goddamn creepy, and seeing one at night would be extra creepy, so I can see why people would think that they are cursed. And generally, there does seem to be a trend among these animals that are blamed for bad luck, that they're generally nocturnal, creepy ones with big eyes. Since people usually associate nighttime with bad things and evil creatures and dark magic, you can see why they associate nighttime creatures with bad luck. Ravens and crows are also sometimes seen as bad luck omens because, again, they are sort of dark, creepy birds. And they also hang around battlefields and corpses a lot because they are scavengers, so people have probably that association with them too. Even though ravens and crows are so awesome, they're like the smartest things out there. My god, they're so cool. They're they're the best. They're bros. If you've got ravens and crows near your house, be nice to them, because otherwise they will remember you and they will get revenge. For some Native American groups, coyotes are also bad luck symbols if one crosses your path. So it's really interesting how in some cultures, owls and ravens and coyotes are all seen as these ominous bad things, but in other cultures they're all associated with deities, like owls are associated with the goddess Athena, 
A raven is a trickster god in some Native American religion, and coyote is a trickster god in other Native American religion. So it is it's interesting seeing these parallels, how different cultures interpret the same animals in different ways. Except for the eye-eyes. I think everyone agrees that those are damn creepy. But we're going to move on to our folk story now. It's sort of a brief segment, but we're still in, we're still in shorter episodes bit because I'm still very busy with everything. So, story time. Let's do this. As I said before, this is a Chinese folk story. This one is called The Favorite of Fortune and the Child of Ill Luck. Once upon a time, there was a proud prince who had a daughter, but the daughter was a child of ill luck. When it came time for her to marry, she had all her suitors assemble before her father's palace. She was going to throw down a ball of red silk among them, and whoever caught it was to be her husband. Now, there were many princes and counts gathered before the castle, and in their midst there was also a beggar. The princess could see dragons crawling into his ears and crawling out again from his nostrils, for he was a child of luck. So she threw the ball to the beggar, and he caught it. Her father asked angrily, Why did you throw the ball into the beggar's hands? He is a favorite of fortune, said the princess. I will marry him, then perhaps I will share in his good luck. But her father would not hear of it, and since she insisted, he drove her from the castle in his rage. So the princess had to go off with the beggar. She dwelt with him in a little hut, and had to hunt for herbs and roots and cook them herself, so they might have something to eat. And often, they both went hungry. One day, her husband said to her, I will set out and seek my fortune. When I have found it, I will come back again and fetch you. The princess was willing, and he went away and was gone for eighteen years. Meanwhile, the princess lived in want and affliction, for her father remained hard and merciless. If her mother had not secretly given her food and money, no doubt she would have starved to death during all that time. But the beggar found his fortune, and at length became emperor. He returned and stood before his wife. She, however, no longer recognized him. She only knew that he was the powerful emperor. He asked her how she was getting along. Why do you ask me how I'm getting along? She replied. I'm too far beneath your notice. And who might your husband be? My husband was a beggar. He went away to seek his fortune. It was eighteen years ago, and he has not yet returned. And what have you done during all those long years? I've been waiting for him to return. Do you wish to marry someone else, seeing that he has been missing for so long? No, I'll remain his wife until I die. When the emperor saw how faithful his wife was, he told her who he was and her clothed in magnificent garments, and took her with him to his imperial palace. There they lived in splendor and happiness. After a few days, the emperor said to his wife, we spend every day in festivities, as though every day were New Year. And why should we not celebrate, answered his wife, since we are now become emperor and empress. Yet his wife was a child of ill luck. When she had been empress no more than eighteen days, she fell sick and died. But her husband lived for many a long year. The End In this story, luck seems to play a similar role to fate or destiny might in other ones. If you've got the good luck, then you're basically fated to have a good life. If you're born with bad luck, you're basically screwed. Sort of like Oedipus in Greek myths. No matter what he does, he's always doomed for a shitty life because he's got that bad fate. And the princess in this is always doomed for a shitty life because she's a child of bad luck. Which isn't great. The whole predestination, you're screwed by the time you're born thing 
isn't really ideal. I don't think I'm the biggest fan of all that. The dragon symbolizing good luck is an interesting thing. It sort of shows how different dragons are between China and between European countries and cultures. Because in Europe, dragons are sort of bad news. You know, they show up, they eat people, they set stuff on fire. But China dragons are seen as good symbols. Um, the dragon is a symbol of imperial rule. They're sort of an ideal to be aspired towards. Like, if you're described as a dragon, then that's a good thing. I think there's an idiom or a proverb that goes along the lines of hoping one son will, become, will be a dragon. So they're good, they're a good deal. Dragons, they're the, they're the goal. And that's why in this, the dragons are a symbol of good luck. If you've got dragons crawling around you, you are set for life. An interesting story element of this is that the story idea of a princess going off to live with a beggar is seen in some European stories as well. The Grimm story, King Thrushbeard, is sort of similar. It's where a princess goes off to live with who she thinks is a beggar. Uh, the beggar is actually a king, and they get married and do the whole happily ever after thing. So a bit different from this, where the beggar is just a beggar, but later becomes emperor, and also they don't live happily ever, well, sh he lives happily ever after. She dies, horribly, but there is that little difference there. But it is interesting how this sort of same idea crops up again in two different places. Another interesting thing with this story is that the number 18 crops up twice. Uh, the beggar is off for 18 years, and then the princess dies after 18 days. Number 18 in Chinese tradition is actually considered a lucky number, because the word for number 18 sounds similar to the word for to definitely get rich, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce either of those because I will absolutely destroy that pronunciation. But it does make sense and is significant that he has gone for 18 years and that she dies after 18 days. So I don't know what happens if you manage to get 18 dragons together, but probably good things, so go for that. But I'm afraid that's all I've got time for, so I'm going to close out the episode now. I hope you've enjoyed this rather unlucky cursed one, or lucky not cursed one, who knows, could go either way. If you've enjoyed this, uh, please leave a review or rating on iTunes, uh, share it around to your friends and family, do all that jazz, and yeah, so that is all. I've been Kyle, this has been episode 13, thank you for listening, and goodbye.